0: Welcome to another episode of Ripping Hoops, Carson. I know you're excited about this one. Lots to
1: talk about. Lots to talk about. Lots of uh, shit shows, you would say, um, from teams that we were expecting bigger things from. A lot of really good performances from uh, maybe teams we were not expecting from. But uh, really good performances, some really bad performances, but the final four is set and... uh, ready for these games to get started tomorrow.
0: You didn't even say lots of choke jobs cuz I really think that was kind
1: of the well, I mean theme. Te- debacles, shit shows, yeah. Choke jobs are all the same thing.
0: Yeah, um the first of those, Miami Heat versus Philadelphia 76ers, if you didn't see the game, you used to look at the scoreboard 99-90, seems pretty close, but it really it really just wasn't. That's not representative of the the game at all, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that close, to put into perspective. Uh, First half, I mean, it was a very close competitive game, and you were expecting, being at home, you would expect the likes of uh, Harden and B to kind of take over the game, force it to game seven. But they just came out super flat. Um, And then... Just like you said, a choke job from James Harden. uh, Only taking two shots in the whole second half. Really only taking one uh, the whole time. I have a question for you. When do you think was the last time that James Harden took a two-point field goal attempt in the whole uh, whole game? When was the last time he took a two-point field goal attempt? I'd say... Eight minutes left in the second quarter. Eight minutes left in the first quarter. <laughs> what? No way. Yeah. Didn't take a single shot inside the arc after the eight minute after eight minutes uh to go in the first quarter.
0: Wow, There's he was one for intro. two. One for two from two point range.
1: Yeah, absolutely insane. Only took two shots in the second half. One of those shots was when the game was basically over. Uh, with like two minutes left in the game. Um, so really, really just a terrible performance when you think of James Harden. I mean, you think of how Ben Sim- – really the reason why they got Harden was because Ben Simmons was afraid to shoot uh, in close games in that game against Atlanta last year. Um, who do you think scored more points in the second half between Harden and Ben Simmons?
0: In their last game. Same amount. Wait, oh, in their last games as a sixer. Yeah. Uh Simmons had what four points that game?
1: He had one and James had zero. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> so so they got Harden to be this guy to uh play off I mean, play off the ball, play on the ball, create his own shot, but uh, like it it was it was an embarrassment for James Harden and just the whole Sixers organization. I feel bad for him because Embiid really gave us all, played with a broken face, kept getting hit in the face, playing with basically a broken thumb as well. And he did all he could do, and uh, his sidekick just didn't help him out like he usually does in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I mean, a couple things here. One – Harden, trying to make this excuse that he's like the distributor now. He doesn't shoot. He gets his teammates involved. And people might say, oh, it doesn't matter. They only took nine shots. Last time he was in Brooklyn, his kind of I don't want to be here game was against the Kings when he took, what, two shots in the whole game? So this kind of feels like kind of a protest. I don't want to be here. You know, you guys do your own thing type of thing from Harden, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I mean – I don't know. I just You just don't know what's going on with guys that are mentally unstable like him. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, you look at that. I mean, we'll talk about Boston in a second. But you look at James Harden, who is the best off-the-dribbler uh, kind of scorer, I guess, for the Sixers. I guess you could put Maxie in that conversation now. Um, but, like, just has been doing it for years. Pretty reliable unless it comes to the playoffs, creating his own shot. You look at a guy like James Harden, took nine shots. And then you look at a guy like Grant Williams in a game seven, took, what do you take, 18 threes?
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like 23. It's, just, it's, just,
1: it's, it's unbelievable. Um, he took twice as many threes as Harden took shots. So, uh, I don't know. I, he seems like he's just, he's small-time James, and he's always going to be that in my mind.
0: Little game James. And, like, he had less points and only one more shot. Than Shake Milton, like that just doesn't even make sense. Like yeah. he, he's got to be taking more shots. Embiid twenty four shots, Maxi twenty two, Harden nine. It doesn't make any sense. And like stats wise, not a lot to not a lot to go into. But you gotta shout out Max Strus, continuing to play well, twenty points. And then Jimmy Butler, thirty two points, uh, four assists, eight rebounds, two blocks, one steal. Just stat line of a a dude who's working hard he's a dog we all know that and then after the game the awkward interview Jimmy Butler he says you know I wish I was still a Sixer but I like it in Miami I wish I still played with Embiid and then Embiid said he wished he still played with Jimmy and then Jimmy yelling Tobias Harris over me as he runs back to the locker room even though the Sixers chose Al Horford over him kind of weird but what do you think of that
1: yeah I mean uh, yeah, I, I mean, a lot of it was because Jimmy didn't want to be there as well because he wasn't getting along with Ben Simmons. Didn't think he had the it factor as well. I don't think it was all because of that. But uh, they did choose guys like Al Horford and Tobias, I guess, over him to pay them the money. But um, Jimmy, I mean, he played well in Philly. But um, I have a question for you. Do Who do you think is more reliable in the playoffs? Would you say playoff Rondo or would you say bubble Jimmy?
0: It depends. What, and you're asking now on a day where James Harden, I mean not James Harden, Raejean Rondo well,
1: I'm talking got like arrested I'm for talking pointing Pete. a gun to
0: his girlfriend's head. So I, I'm going to say Jimmy Butler.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I know Jimmy what you Butler. mean though. Yeah, but Jimmy Butler has always been a great playoff player um, and has been really good as basically the man in Miami since he's been there. Uh, but Miami as a team played really, really well. You saw guys like Max Struess um bam out of bio went perfect on the field pj tucker uh scoring some points as well but the biggest thing is their defense um it seemed like just watching that game it didn't look like they had five guys on this court it looks like they had about six or seven just the way they were trapping hard in off the dribble switching picks and then still having like three or four guys to rebound um it just seemed like they had uh, their zone was just amazing. And it was just stopping Philly and giving Harden total shit and just couldn't get him going. Couldn't really get anybody going from Philly. So uh, Miami's defense was probably the star of the show as a team. Um, but Jimmy Butler, of course, was the star, I would say, uh, single-handedly.
0: Yeah. And we'll see if he can continue doing that next series against Boston. It's going to be tough. Um. Not to spoil the Boston game, but you probably know if you're listening to this podcast. But uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler, kind of star of the series. I don't know. I don't know where to put him on like top players lists right now. He's kind of hard to evaluate. I don't like the whole rewrite re- revisionist history going back and acting like he got along with Embiid and all that perfectly and wanted to stay in Philly. And I don't know. Don't you think he kind of changed the narrative there?
1: A little bit um but i don't think it was drastic yeah um but yeah with with Miami i talked about it last episode as well or two episodes ago where um i thought Miami was a little bit better without Kyle Lowry and they played better team basketball without Kyle Lowry i think they're 6 and 0 in the playoffs without Kyle Lowry so and i think they're like 2 and 2 without him so um he's i mean he's been playing Without him on the court, Victor Oladipo, Max Strus, Gabe Vincent have been playing really, really well, um, and it's giving more minutes to Tyler Hero, which is interesting. In this game, Tyler Hero didn't play a lot of minutes because I think they were just riding the hot hand of uh, Strus.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite there on the Lowry thing. I think they can get away without Lowry right now because they've played Atlanta and they've played Philly. And I think Philly is. Having no Embiid for two games, Embiid playing 50% a lot of the time, I don't think they're that good. I think they're going to need Lowry for the Celtics. I think Lowry has got that experience. And we all we saw three years ago in the finals, just unbelievable for Toronto. I know he's older now, but I, I just can't get there with thinking that, especially because I could see Marcus Smart picking up whoever Miami's point guard is full court. And I don't know if Jimmy Butler can do that. Uh, we saw the Bucks do that to Celtics. So they don't really have any ball handlers. Um, and both teams have opportunities to do that next season, as next series as well. And I think that they need Lowry for that situation as well.
1: But. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I would say that on Miami's side, he's probably the X factor um, of the series if he does play or not. But... uh i would be i, I mean kyle lowry maybe at full health we haven't really seen him at full health during the playoffs i feel like he's if he's hindered by injury just a little bit um i think that they would just right now just the way that they're playing i think they're just better off without him if he's injured uh if he's not yeah, injured yeah we just we, we just don't know it's kind of like it's kind of like what boston's doing with robert williams it seems like
0: yeah that's that's different you're right it, it's we're arguing different things. I think at full at full strength, you know, he's they're better with him. He's great. But if he's bad, I, I get what you mean. But um, speaking of the Celtics, I think we should just skip to that game. Um, finish out the East, give our predictions, then we'll go back to the West. So Celtics-Bucks um, yesterday, kind of a game that everyone or a lot of people were saying might be the championship just because these two teams have been the best. Um, it's in Boston. We saw Milwaukee tank their last game to avoid the Nets, but losing home court advantage in this game in the long run. Um, not really a good game. Um, Celtics won 109 81. Really was never close. Like you said, Grant Williams took 18 threes, and that's because he was making them with seven. Um, and a lot of other players played well, Carson. Who did you like? Who, who do you think was the most
1: important in this game? Uh, I think it was definitely Grant Williams. Besides I mean, he start- Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, he started off. Pretty slow from the field. I think he missed his first like five or six threes, and then he just kept shooting. Um, very confident in his craft, and was just shooting threes. Um, Jason Tatum was very impressive as a facilitator because uh, they were kind of running a little box trap with him a little bit, where they wouldn't let him drive. So he was kicking it out. That's why Grant Williams was so open at times. That's why. Uh, Derek White was open at so many times. That's why Jay, uh, Marcus Smart was open at so many times. And really, uh, Grant Olin was really the only one that made it. Uh, but the reason, like, just like team stat wise, I mean, I believe that Boston shot 55 threes and made what they make? They made 22 of them compared to uh, Milwaukee, who shot 33 threes and only made four of them. They shot 12% from three. So, um, that's the huge discrepancy there, making 18 more threes than your opponent, um, and that's kind of how that kind of the game kind of swinged because just Milwaukee just couldn't make any shots. Um, and after Giannis played such a good first quarter, he was on track to get <laughs> I don't know he was on track to get like a like a forty twenty five like twenty game, absolutely yeah. insane. But they kind of stopped him, and he kind of got cold. Uh, in the second half, and uh, Boston proves why they're probably the best defensive team in the NBA. Yeah,
0: I totally agree. I think, and like you said, Grant Williams, just unbelievable. I I can't help but make the comparison to Game 7 against the Wizards, what, eight or something years ago? I don't know, when Kelly Olynyk came in and scored 26 points. This is kind of what that reminded me of, uh, the Celtics' Grant Williams coming in not being the guy you expect to just go off. But he hits all these threes. He has game of his life and high score on the Celtics, which is just no one was really expecting that. I mean, he had had a few bad games in the series. So like many people mentioned, your role players play well in game sevens, and Milwaukee probably should not have tanked away home court advantage in this game. I think it made a big difference. And, like, it's not that Giannis played poorly, but he didn't shoot as well, and I think that was because – They kind of figured – not figured him out, but they really game-planned for him because Middleton's out. Um, Yeah. I
1: mean, it's just the role players from Boston – I mean, the role players from uh, Milwaukee just couldn't do anything in Game 7. I mean, Pat Connington was a pretty reliable scorer for them off the bench, one for six, Um, a guy that played really, really well for them in the Chicago series and then just was just played not off the court per se because – Budenholzer kept them in, but Grayson Allen was absolutely terrible this whole series when it comes to defensively, offensively shot over six um, in game seven. Um, but yeah, the role players from Milwaukee were not helping them out. And then on the other side, when you look at a local guy, um, Peyton Pritchard, who got his Mike Breen bang moment, pretty pretty good for him. <laughs> um, so he's got a bang moment from Mike Breen, which is awesome, but – uh, shot four for six from three. And as a guy, when he has the hot hand, he's kind of dangerous because he can create his own shot. I mean, you saw in the game seven where he would just, you know, break defenders down and seems like he's chucking up shots that you would not think he's going to make. And uh, they go in. I mean, an- another example is when he came to Portland and he had that fourth quarter against Portland where you saw kind of Boston – bench going absolutely absurd on the bench but um is a guy that can get hot for him that probably will play about 12 to 15 minutes i would say in the miami series but uh it's good for the the local kid to get some run in such a big game and perform like he did
0: yeah i like him as a player i think there are times when the moment's been a little big for him in the close games but he's that's that's harsh, given how good he's been in a lot of the other games. Like last night, he was great. Like you said, that game in Portland early on in the year. But he he just plays smart. I mean, he'll make some mistakes, but he's fundamental. You can trust him. He can shoot. Sometimes I think he's better um, than Derek White, but that just depends on the lineup. For the most part, Derek White's defense is yeah more Derek and more valuable. Defense is very but
1: very, it's almost elite. Yeah, um, but when, when he's
0: when he's just so bad offensively, there are times when you kind of think they could use a playmaker like Peyton because they don't have a lot of guys that can
1: dribble. Well. At least, at least Derek White compared to like the first couple games of the series was actually shooting. He was actually stepping into his shots. He just wasn't making them at the beginning of the series. He was afraid to take them. So yeah, um, so it's good for that. And then when you look at just Boston as a whole, um, it's kind of crazy to think of the turnaround they made just from like three or four months ago when we were talking about how they were thinking of splitting out uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum feel like they couldn't work together too much isolation ball. Um, we're blowing second half leads left and right 15, 20 point leads. You saw it when Portland went to Boston and they made that comeback where Nurkic made that shot. Um, but yeah, I mean just to think of where they were at where their coach was calling them out name by name, kind of, not threatening them, but challenging his teammates to challenging his players to play better in the clutch situations. And now uh, I would say out of the four teams left with, uh, we'll talk about it, as Phoenix is out and really Milwaukee, who's the other biggest threat, they're probably the title favorites. Yeah.
0: I mean, I agree. They've just been so elite on, on both ends for the most part. But defensively, so much hustle, lots of guys can step up. Um, an injury would hurt them, but, like, they've got so many guys that are giving them on different nights. You got Al Horford one night, Jalen Brown goes off another night, Jason Tatum, Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard, like you said, it's, it's crazy. But the important thing you brought up, um, I think is earlier in the season, how bad they were. they were. I think before Dame got hurt, Boston and Portland had like the same record at some point, at least. They were kind of seeing the same way. Like you said, should we split up Brown and Tatum? Should we split up Dame and CJ? That's kind of what was going on that was the narrative and i know someone actually who lives with one of the celtics i'm not i'm not bullshitting this and he said before the trade deadline that jalen brown and marcus smart had requested trades and would be traded on december 15th that's that's what he said i i don't know how reliable it was obviously it didn't pan out that way that's how bad it was and you look now they may be one of the title favorites like you said which is Bizarre. And then another rant I have about this is this is like the best thing that could have happened for data analytics? Because 538 predicted back in like January that Boston was the second best team to win the title. And people like Bill Simmons, Ryan Rusillo, who we both listened to, and a bunch of other people were saying this is an example of why we should not trust analytics because sometimes they are like vastly incorrect and it's obvious because there's no way Boston's going to win the title. Even Bill Simmons said that, biggest Boston fan. And then here they come. Now here we are. Now, so I just think that's pretty crazy because that's how that's how rare this was at that time. And I could yeah. say the same about Dallas completely.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think one thing could maybe be uh, getting rid of. I don't. I don't think it's talked about as much because I don't know if it's that big of a deal. But it seems like after they they got Derek White, and after they got rid of a guy like Dennis Schroeder it seems like they've just been playing better, not basketball. And Josh Richardson. I I would just say, like, team basketball. It just seems like they are just uh, team-oriented. They're not playing selfishly, even with guys like Tatum and Brown. Um, They are letting guys like Grant Williams take 18 threes and take shots in a game seven. So um, I don't know if you see that from a guy maybe of, like, a Kyrie Irving or somebody that's just kind of not team-oriented, but more um, self-oriented. Is That's what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just Brad Stevens serves credit for this because, like you said, Schroeder and Josh Richardson go out at the deadline. They bring in Tice and they bring in Derek White and everyone's like, okay, Boston's not really going for it. Like, I'm White, yeah, they give a pick for that, but those aren't big moves at all. Brad Stevens got rid of the guy who might be toxic has been known to be toxic. Um, he brings in a guy that used to play for him and a guy that was from the Spurs, very disciplined team basketball, not a star. So he improves the chemistry there. And then from then on, they've just been great. I think, and I don't know, I've heard they had a bunch of players only meetings um, and just something flipped. I, I don't really know what happened. Um, I'll, I'll let you give your thoughts before I go on one more, one more rant that I heard, but I don't know. It's just a lot here, a lot to unpack.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at. I mean, they really only run about seven or eight deep. The rest of their bench is kind of just absolute no names when you think about it. I mean, did you know that they had Nick Stauskas on their team? I did just because I saw him sitting on the bench, but I didn't know that before. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you thought Nick Skouskis was out
0: of the league, but he was though. Recently, he had like a really high scoring game in, in the G League or something. So they must yeah. Run.
1: So I mean, they have. I mean, they really only run about seven or eight deep. So if an injury was to happen, I mean, they have. They are without Robert Williams, but if an injury was to happen to like one of their guards, um, or maybe a wing guy like smart or something or williams i don't know that could that could hurt them as well but uh it's going to be a great series between them and miami really defensive you're not going to probably see a lot of high scoring games you might see some high scoring performances for some players but i feel like they're all going to be i mean the average score is probably going to be in the 90s to low hundreds is my guess yeah
0: i totally agree do you do you have a prediction? I guess for the series because I I I think it's like you said. There's gonna be a lot of games that are 96, ninety six, ninety eighty nine, ninety five, that sort of thing.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm the only one that picked Miami in our pool to even make the finals. Um, NBA Finals or Conference Finals? The NBA Finals. Gotcha. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 super super close. I think it's. I mean, I think we'll talk about the West, but really any four of these teams could win. Um, but if I guess if I was to make a prediction right now, um, I think Miami's just a little too deep for Boston, but I think it's probably going to be seven. I think it's going to be seven.
0: Wow. I, I I definitely have a different take on this. I think I think Celtics and six, I just I don't think Miami's that good. I think they benefited from playing Atlanta and Philly. And I I don't know if Lowry's not 100%. Um, Boston's got a lot of guys that could kind of maybe make Jimmy Butler's life hell. Whereas I don't know Jimmy Butler can obviously shut down one of the guys in the Celtics maybe, but I I just don't see it. I just don't see the Miami. But maybe I'm just not a believer in in that team.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean there a lot. Not a lot of people are buying the Miami thing, but I think just Jimmy Butler's a great leader uh and a great player um and they got guys like bam Adebayo. they got guys like tyler hero i mean they it was a bubble season so they have they have i mean they're they both these teams have uh eastern conference finals experience but um yeah it's gonna be a great series i just i think i'm gonna go with miami just my opinion
0: yeah i mean i I don't think you're crazy. I'd, I'd appreciate if Jimmy Butler could carry them. And I'd appreciate I I'd appreciate a close series because I like to believe that Miami's good because they were good in the regular season. And I like to see regular season wins correlate to playoff wins, which we'll get to it later, but didn't with the Suns. Um, I like that they bring you know some of their best players off the bench. I wish the Blazers would do that with Anthony Simons. I like Eric Spolstreis from Portland, but I don't know. I, I just don't know. I don't feel it for some reason.
1: Both kind the of, coaches are from Portland. You got a Doku and you got... That's true, actually. That's true. Yeah. You got a Doku versus a uh, Spolster.
0: And then Monty Williams on the other side, who's now out. He, he was coaching Portland for a long time. He taught me how to shoot back at Steve, Steve Blake basketball camp.
1: And then you got Nico Harrison for Dallas, who's the general manager. And he's been in Oregon all his life working for Nike. So, he got a lot of Oregon ties going into these... Uh, these last couple of teams.
0: Yeah, if Peyton Pritchard hits a game winner or something, we'll just – Oregon's going to explode. <laughs> but, um, yeah, are, are, you think you're good on that? Actually, I want to say one more thing with the Celtics just because I find it really interesting. Did you hear – there's a story that came out like last year that the Celtics' chemistry was really bad because their locker room – wasn't big enough to allow everyone on the team to sit in it because of COVID rules. They had to be like distant six foot apart and it wasn't big enough. So they had to split them into two locker rooms all the time and kind of, you know, go in between each. Um, and they split it by age. so The old guys were on one side and the young guys on the other. And there was a lot of drama because they'd talk shit about each other. Did you ever hear that?
1: No, I never heard that.
0: Yeah. So I heard that. I I actually think it was – Bill Simmons' podcast. We, we give a lot of shouts to him. We we, we love his podcast. But He's our idol, man. Yeah, I heard that, and I think, like, obviously that had to switch at some point. I wonder if that had anything to do with, like, early season chemistry. If they if they switched halfway through when, you know, when a lot of the quarantine rules started to fall, if that helped their chemistry at all, I, I wonder. I've, I haven't heard anything since. I'm, I'm totally yeah, kind of I speculating. Mean, but
1: I, I mean, whatever what it was, they've definitely – um they've definitely come together and it seems like they're up the whole time cheering on everybody and it seems like their chemistry is really, really good. So whatever it was, it seems like they've uh they fixed it.
0: Yeah. I mean and don't you just think a lot of these things were like great for basketball, just you know, teams coming out of nowhere. Boston. We know it's not like Warriors Cavs every year. We don't know who's gonna win. Last week we said okay you know it's gonna be milwaukee phoenix like we all said and now neither of those teams has even left i think it's just been really the games haven't been close at all there's been a lot of blowouts but a lot of unexpected results every time i think i'm sure a team's gonna win they get blown out and i just think it's interesting teams coming together dallas a big underdog uh the big stars are out it's just good it's a good year for the parody of the nba
1: yeah definitely especially with the We'll talk about it. Let's talk about Phoenix and Dallas. Yep. That
0: Talk about parity. I don't know what the odds were on this series but Dallas was plus 500 or plus 400 to beat Utah in the first round when Luka Doncic went out. And here we are wondering if he's the best player in the world now. I mean, obviously Giannis is probably there, but my gosh.
1: Yeah. I mean, Luka played absolutely incredible in game seven. And he was so uh, in control the whole time. So in control. I mean, the first the first shot he makes, he just makes it, and then he just is just smiling and laughing the yeah, whole time. Yeah, and then he gets to
0: step back and does it again.
1: Up the court, just laughing. I don't know who he was laughing at. It seemed like there was a lot of famous people in the crowd, maybe uh, Travis Kelsey or Lil Wayne. But maybe he's laughing at Lil Wayne because Lil Wayne called him a hoe, and he made the Suns his hoe. So um, Shout out Chad. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, all three of us, me, you, and Chad, picked the Suns to basically win the whole thing, and now they're out. Um, but like I said in the pod, I said, if it got to a game seven and uh, it was down to one game, I mean, Dallas has the best player in the series, Luka Doncic, and he just kind of started the game off perfect for them, and they just couldn't come back. I mean, guys like Devin Booker and Chris Paul were over 10 in the first half just couldn't make anything. Um, Chris Paul's run in the playoffs is still just, it just doesn't seem like he's going to get over the hump and get that championship. Um, he's probably the biggest winner. I would think that just does not have a championship in my opinion. Um, more than Charles Barkley, more than Carl, maybe Carl Malone might run into that, but um, he's definitely up there, but, um, you talk hey about don't disrespect
0: that's... Charles man
1: <laughs> I mean and then you definitely look at a team that's team oriented I mean another team that was kind of in the dumps at the trade deadline they got rid of a guy in Christoph's Porzingis for what people thought was two cents on the dollar for guys like a guy with a terrible contract in Davis Bertans And a guy that has been really struggling all year in Spencer Dinwiddie that really didn't show up for any of these games except for game seven where he dropped 30. Um, But I don't know. It seems like their team's very, very on page as well. It seems like their whole bench did not sit down the whole time. You look at a guy like Theo Pinson who's just up the whole game. I don't don't know if you can point him out on the bench, um, a normal person. But if you watch a Dallas Mavericks game, he's – in street clothes because he never plays. Um, He's never activated for the team, but he's just on the bench going crazy. You saw even Jason Kidd uh, just coaching up uh, his team uh, the whole time on defense, on offense. was very into the game. And, um, yeah, Luka played really, really well on the offensive end, but um, I was really impressed with his defense as well last night. Yeah, I mean – they called him
0: out. Jason Kidd called him out. I think for his defense a couple of weeks ago, and looking like he's given a crap now, I almost wonder if this was like a, ah, a bunch of famous are people. A bunch of famous people are here. All eyes are on me. Let me just try harder now. It's like he just. It's like he just magically did this under control the entire time. Um, my dad texted me saying he's looking like Bird. He's seeing all these angles. It, he was incredible. Like Luka Doncic, for how unathletic he looks, how slow he plays, how how he shoots his jump shot while just still standing, he is incredible. I I don't I don't know where to put him on the top list anymore. Um, he's playing with guys, obviously they're good. Brunson's good. Dingwiddy can have good nights, but not even close to the talent that, that Booker has behind him, or something like that. So it says a lot about Luka.
1: No, oh, I mean he has a lot of guys that did were not on anybody's radar or didn't want to be on anybody's team. I mean, a guy like Reggie Bullock um, guy, I mean, he didn't play very well last night, but he's a guy who's a very reliable three-point shooter, I guess, if you look at the box. Or he had, he was a plus 44, so that was pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah. But he's uh, he's a guy that a lot of teams gave up on. Um, a guy like Davis Pertans as well, who has probably the worst contract in the NBA, um, but played meaningful minutes for him this series played pretty well. Uh, Frank Nielakina, another guy, Josh Green, who's really their only kind of draft prospect in there on their team right now, who's, I don't even think a lottery pick. He was mid first round. Um, He doesn't even play for him. So it's not like there's a bunch of young talent on their team besides Luca, but Luca just is one of those players like a Giannis, like a LeBron who just makes everybody on his team just so much better. Um and yeah, with him still in the playoffs and going against Golden State, I mean I I mean you can't rule them out. They're playing very, very well and uh they basically knocked out the title favorites, what everybody thought uh going into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean craziest thing for me is we were on the pod to Chad last weekend all saying I, I specifically said and we can go back, you can listen to the tape, I said The Suns are going to win the title, I think, unless Chris Paul just gets hurt, turns into that Chris Paul again, and then Chad said, all right, let's talk about, you know, assuming he's not. But it happened again. You know, there's claims of injuries to his left leg, his hand. I I don't want to listen to it anymore. It's happening every year. Like, it's just disappointing. It's like the most obvious thing. It's always coming. It's like rain in Portland. It's coming every day. It's coming every time. But just so disappointing. Like for Chris Paul, this – I was talking to my friend a few days ago. This game could change the trajectory of his career so much. He could go on. He could win this game. They could win the championship. Chris Paul would be a winner. But here it is again, just completely disappointing, probably turns the history on himself in the complete different direction, minus 39, worst worst plus minus of his career. And then other things with the Suns, Booker, three for 14, um, I don't blame his, uh, him that much on this one. I, I mean, I don't know. They they focus the defense pretty hard on him. He had a poor shooting night. He kind of relies on his shooting. I think it's worse on Chris Paul. And then Mikkel Bridges, not that amazing in the series, can't really guard Luca at all, even though he was defensive player of the year or in the running for it. Um, shot three for 11, disappointing the series, eight and Seventeen minutes, five shots, five points.
1: He just got played. And Aiton got played off the court. He did. He got, well, I don't know if it's off just the,
0: that though. I think he, I, th- I mean, he did, but he and Monty Williams were like arguing. I don't. Monty kind of put him in the doghouse.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ayton was kind of getting the Rudy Gobert treatment a little yeah. bit, um, where he just couldn't stay with the the wing guys like a Kleber, like a like a Bertans on the outside was getting it a little bit in foul trouble, but. Yeah, he just was not – he wasn't going towards that. He was going more uh, towards guys like Jay Kraut. He was just going smaller. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird to say because Monty Williams got coach of the year, but I think that Jason Kidd out-coached him too as well. So they lost in all aspects of the series. They just uh, – nobody really believed it until it actually happened. That was yeah, the, every game. the biggest thing.
0: I said, I, mean, I don't know how Dallas even won a game. I don't know how they won two games. I don't know how they're staying in this game. And I don't know how they won this game. I don't get it.
1: I think it's all just cause of Luca. Uh and, and it's just Chris Paul just just it's one of his worst series I think I've ever seen him play. Just he just did was not in control of anything, just was playing make making terrible decisions. And this comes off of a of one of his best playoff performances against uh the Pelicans, where he didn't miss a shot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at the last five games against Dallas in the series. He scored twelve points, five points, seven points, thirteen points, and ten points. And then you'd be like, "Oh, well, maybe he was just distributing." He only eclipsed. Uh, he only eclipsed five assists once in those games. So he just he just wasn't the Chris Paul that you. That's bad. So, yeah, I mean, you you uh, oh twice. Sorry he did it twice twice he got okay. seven he got seven in game three and he got no seven in game four and he got 10 in game five but the other three he got four assists uh and those so i mean he's just it's just not the chris paul that you see during the the regular season and he kind of has that i guess i i thought it was going away with the game i saw him play against new orleans but he kind of has that james harden mentality in the playoffs where he's just in the big games and the big moments. She just doesn't really show up and a lot of it is blamed because he gets injured all the time but um it's seen like there hasn't been an injury report on it so i mean it's just it's just excuses when it comes to uh when it comes to a guy like chris paul when in these situations and it's been like that for years and years
0: yeah and i mean he's been unlucky a lot but like it starts to make me wonder because we heard, you know, the Houston series where he was out, couldn't play game seven. That's sucked. Last year kind of had an injury that we – same sort of thing. I think we heard about it, but it wasn't like it was something terrible. He still played the rest of the series and then kind of blamed it on it then, and I think he'll do that now. We're going to get a report that Chris Pauls, you know, played on the left uh, – hurt left leg or something like that. Um, and then the other thing – you you brought out the statistics for Paul that sucked. This the the Suns' leading scorer in this game was Cam Johnson, twelve points. They also had twenty seven points at halftime. Well, Luca had twenty seven points at halftime. Luca had taken twelve shots. The Suns had taken forty one. That's just that just can't happen. I I don't I don't know how this happened at home. Like what I was saying about game seven at home being so important earlier in the day just didn't matter at all here. Um, and like no, part- I
1: mean it was it was so bad. I I I mean. It, it it was hard to watch at some points, the end of the game. Of course, I watched it, but it was just – it was hard to watch. Uh,
0: I didn't even watch the whole thing. I, I I skipped a third quarter. I went to Baja Fresh, you know, got <laughs> some food.
1: <laughs> I mean, and to think it. about, like, that's – that's I mean, that's game seven too. So, that's yeah. something that – it's it, it was just it – it was a hard game to watch. And it was just – it was over right away. It was yeah. over right away. They just didn't I come mean, out and play and it's just I mean when it was like 10 and 12 like you're like oh well they're still gonna make their run and then when it got to 2025 it's like oh man it's just not gonna happen I
0: I was like wow I bet a live bet on the Suns would be good right now I didn't do it but that's how. That's how. That's how I felt at halftime. I just didn't believe it until the whole thing was over, or a little bit before halftime. And you know, if it's a game seven and I only watch fourth quarter to watch Boban Marjanovic, who got feisty at the end of the game, then that's just not a good game seven. Like, it it was more entertaining than the Celtics one for me. It was more of a blowout, but it was just like shocking. Whereas the Celtics one, I think the Bucks just shot. Terribly, and the Celtics made their shots.
1: Well, it was just, uh, yeah. I mean, it was entertaining because of how well Luca was playing. Like, Storyline. being it was, Yeah, and just, I mean, there was a point where it just seemed like Dallas could not miss a shot from three when it came to Dinwiddie and Luca. It was when Dinwiddie went down and made a three, Luca went down and made a three, and then Luca did the, the crossover between the legs and he just sent Cam Johnson flying, and then he made the three and he just kept laughing and it's just it's just uh yeah it was just a great performance um and when you look at guys like Luca and uh jason tatum like they were kind of in i i mean i mean luka is probably no i i mean they're kind of Luca, jason tatum devin booker they were all kind of in the same realm of type of player going into the playoffs where you don't really know where they're at they're in the top 10 when it comes to players in the NBA going into the, the playoffs and then you look at guys like Tatum and Luca who made the jump and came out and played and on the biggest stage and came out and made a great performance. And then you look at a guy like Devin Booker who struggled the rest of the series where Devin Booker might be closer to a guy like Donovan Mitchell where Donovan Mitchell, Bay Adebayo, those types of players where Jason Tatum and Luca have kind of soared into uh, top five potential uh, NBA players. Yeah, I think that's harsh on Booker to put him with Donovan
0: Mitchell, but but I get what you mean. I, th- I think you're I think you're right.
1: I mean, I feel like he's closer to where Donovan Mitchell is than to where like top five level is.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But Donovan Mitchell's kind of I think he's kind of bad now. Not like bad, but like he's like CJ McCollum level. He's not great.
1: Yeah, but I think a lot of it's just because he doesn't want to be there.
0: Yeah, it could be. Yeah. He could go somewhere else and be awesome. Like he play. was in the bubble. You've seen him play yeah.
1: at a top level in the bubble. I mean, anyway. you've seen CJ go for fifty-two, but I, yeah, yeah, you're
0: right. I, I get what you mean. So, who do you think? Who do you think in Mavs and Warriors?
1: Um, I don't know. Who do you think has? Who do you think has the best player in the series? Who do you think is better, Luca or Steph?
0: Luca, but th- that's part of my reason for for my pick. But I, I want to hear yours first.
1: I mean, it's just basically it's the rookie versus the, the the veteran. You look at a team like Golden State that's been there forever, and Dallas. This is for all those players. It's basically their first time in a situation like this. So,
0: but it, the, see, the only thing is, I think it's a little overrated that the Warriors have been here because who really has? It's been Steph, it's been Draymond, it's been Clay. But Iguodala's not playing. Wiggins hasn't been there. Pool hasn't been there. I mean, it's their there. three
1: main players.
0: I know, but I, I, Clay's like, he's not even their third best player anymore. Maybe not even their fourth.
1: I just, it's a little overrated
0: to act like it's the same team, I think. But this is, they could prove me wrong. I just, I don't believe in them.
1: I don't think. I don't know. I think it, I want Dallas to win, but me too. I think, I think Golden State wins in six.
0: I, uh, I think you. I think the Warriors are favorite. I think you're in the majority there. I just. I don't know. I felt. I felt that the Mavericks were going to win before the Suns game. I don't know why I felt it. I did, and they did. And I just have that same feeling here. I think this might be Luka's, like 2007 Lebron year when he carried the uh, Cavs to the Spurs, and then I mean carried the Cavs against the Spurs. Um, carried the Cavs to the finals, for the Spurs. Sorry, just total brain fart there. But I think this might be that that sort of year for Luca. I. He's the best player in the series. You asked that question. I, I think so. And I think it's actually by a, a bit. Could be overreacting here. But Curry's not shot that well in the playoffs. And Luca's just, I don't know. He does everything. I don't think the comparison has been made enough. This, this Dallas team is just like the Rockets team back in like 2016, don't you think? I mean, they've got one ball-dominant guy who dribbles the ball a lot, shoots a lot of threes, and they go off of analytics of pretty much three-pointers and... Layups, which is what like you know.
1: Well, so they're they're the, they're the Rockets, but on crack because they play a lot better defense.
0: That's true. That that what what was it? There was a play against the Suns where they played such good defense where like Booker or something, some player, you know, just got caught in the air, threw it completely, just turned around backwards, threw it completely to a Dallas player. Like every time the Suns tried their hardest to score down fifty, they couldn't do it. And well,
1: yeah, and you, I don't know if you saw the. I don't know if you saw what I was talking about where it's like a 40 point game and they have Jason Kidd mic'd up and he's literally on the sidelines, like in a three point stance, like guarding the team with them, shouting out like switches and everything. They just, they played the whole game until they pulled out their starters and they just played to the last whistle. And yeah, they're, they're another team similar to Boston where they just kind of got hot after the deadline. And um. Yeah, they're they're a really good team. I mean, it's not like it's gonna be a cakewalk or anything. It's I think Gold State just has I think they just have a little bit too much firepower. I don't know.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see. I, I might completely change my mind. It's just how I'm feeling the overreaction moment. I think that series just was better than the Grizzlies Warriors one. Like as far as the teams overall, just how I feel like the Celtics Bucks one is better was better, but i don't know i could change my mind a lot um did you see that there was some statistic that the winner of game two in each series like the winner of game two over like the last i don't know a bunch of years has won the series every single time just say whoever won game two
1: usually game five but now you're saying it's
0: game two so all four many teams won game two of the first round this will make it eight years in a row and 17 of the last 18 years where all four remaining teams, so in the conference finals, won game two of the first round. It's just kind of odd, don't you think?
1: I mean, that just means like... 17 mo- of 18 years. That's a lot. You're saying mostly... It's mostly home teams then, probably, right? <laughs> it is, it is. It's the favorite team, but that
0: that tells me that like the favorite team often loses game one. You know, we saw that last year when... Memphis beat Utah in Game One, I believe that was. You know, you know how that happens. The team shocks somebody in Game One, but then Game Two is the big one.
1: Yeah, uh, we'll see if that stays in fruition. I guess.
0: Yeah, we'll see it next year because I mean, this has just been um, for the first round. The game, whoever won Game Two of the first round, ended up going that far. But yeah, we'll see. It's it's going to be a tough series to predict. I'm I'm really excited. Um, I think this means a lot if Luca could win this, a lot for his
1: career. Yeah.
0: Um. And then, do you want to move on to the last game between the Warriors and the Grizzlies? I feel like we just covered the Warriors pretty much a lot about them, but yeah, um, I mean,
1: the Warriors and the Grizzlies was, um, I mean, you looked at another game that was just a complete blowout in Game Five, where you're like, oh man, maybe Memphis can do this without Jaw, um, but then, yeah, Golden State just showed. I guess they've been there before, and they just they kind of, they kind of just put Memphis out of its misery in the third, the second half in that uh, game six. Um, but they played. I think Memphis played really, really well for not having their leader and Jaw um, closer than what I thought. I thought it was going to be um, five, five games probably after they lost Jaw. But uh, Memphis showed um, they have a lot of young talent. Uh, Tyus Jones is very, very good and is a very, very uh, capable. Backup point guard and can, be a star- and can be a starter in a lot of teams, um, so I mean I think Memphis was probably a year or two early, um, and Jaw got hurt so it didn't help out that. But um, Memphis had a really great season. and There's nothing to hang their heads on uh, for sure. I I don't know about you,
0: and I I just don't. That series started out so great. I thought it was the best one after Jaw's game one and game two. Jaw's crazy performance. Then he got hurt. And now I don't think I like the Grizzlies. Like, they're still in Brooks who just, you know, the flagrant foul, terrible shot selection, pretty annoying. And then Memphis, you know, some weird stuff about the injuries and, you know, playing by the code or whatever. And then the kind of cringe stuff that Jaw has done, tweeting out something about, like, it's free to feel what hollows feel like, mean like, meaning like, oh, something about, like, shooting themselves or getting shot. Did you see that? kind of kind of cringe yeah
1: and then i like i talked about as well they got they 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 got a lot of young guys so they make a lot of boneheaded plays as well yeah uh, Jaren, it goes with it like i mean jaron jackson's one of the most talented bigs in the nba he just can't stay on the floor yeah. He stayed on the floor a lot better at this series but um i mean he's got so much potential he's a he's a seven footer that can get five blocks game can shoot from 30 feet i mean he's Got so much potential, and um, he could be one of the best bigs in the NBA if he just doesn't make boneheaded plays. So, I mean, they got they got a ton of talent. Um, they definitely, I think, have the chemistry. They seem like they're on. They 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 like each other a lot. They trust each other a lot. Um, they just injuries and suspensions, and it just didn't work out for them this year uh, when it came to them playing Golden State.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that, and I don't know. What do you, what do you think as far as like game ones of these two? Because we're giving our our series predictions, but tomorrow we've got Celtics Heat at five thirty, and then Wednesday, also with Blazers got a big day tomorrow. But we'll discuss that. I think Wednesday.
1: both the home it's teams. Warriors. I think both the home teams win. I think that Golden State probably will win i think Golden state might win by double digits being at home i think the miami boston will be a little bit closer yeah
0: i i think uh both home teams win as well i think the warriors probably win by a bit and the heat by a bit even though i think the celtics and mavs will win these series it's just that i i think after you play a game seven it's been it's happened many times that the team that plays a really dramatic game seven dramatic series they kind of feel like yeah we did it they go into game one of the next series and they they lose it's just like it's too much you know they're not ready for it. They're kind of still celebrating the other loss, and I think the Warriors and Heat are more rested. I mean, I know they're more rested, but I think they're going to win Game One as well.
1: But yeah, I being, mean, Boston's been playing every other night, and they're going to come off of a Game Seven playing basically every other night. Still, they're gonna to to, they can only get one day's rest.
0: Yeah, and Tatum and those guys
1: are playing like forty-three minutes a night. So, I mean, Al Horford's going through a Al Horford, who's in his late thirties, is basically going through a a football game playing against guys like Giannis who's been knocking him down the whole series and very physical Milwaukee team. And yeah, um, I think that kind of correlated to him not taking as many threes and Grant Williams taking a lot more than what he probably should have. Um, but a lot of those shots that might've been Al, Horf- or Al, Hor- Al Horford shooting went to Grant Williams that game, but I don't know. Uh, fatigue could be a definitely a factor for them. Um uh, for this game one, for sure.
0: Yeah, totally agree um, about everything you said. And then I know a thing you wanted to do is top five players. Like if we were to do a draft of the guys left in this series, um, do you want to do the snake? Like we we can't pick the same player, or do you want to just both give kind of our top?
1: Five? I want to do like I want to do like a little snake. Okay, who's got so, the first pick then? Uh, you decide. Okay. So I, I guess I guess would you rather have the first pick and have the fourth pick, or would you rather? I want first and fourth. Okay.
0: All right. Number one, taking Luca, and I don't think it's close.
1: I don't think it's close either. Um, if I was going second and third, I'm probably taking. I'm taking Steph and Tatum. I don't. I. I. I think I'd probably take. And if i was doing an order i'd probably take it no i take it in that one I I, yeah i go. i go steph tatum yeah
0: okay so then does this mean i get four five
1: you get four five yeah yeah
0: so four five i'm going jimmy butler and and we're doing this like positionally a little bit so I had I had Luca and Jimmy Butler, so I got kind of a small forward point guard mix, and then a shooting guard, and then it's between Jalen Brown and Draymond to me, um, or Bam. I think I just I just like I
1: think I like Bam there. Is
0: that is that crazy? I can't relate. no no. Okay,
1: um, I'm definitely thinking Draymond. Now you got um, another. Yep. Hmm. I mean, any other season I probably would take Clay here, but he's just not playing very well.
0: Yeah, no, there's no way you can take Clay there.
1: I guess I would take Jalen Brown.
0: I I like Jalen Brown more than you do, I think.
1: I think that would have been yeah.
0: obvious to me. Um so right now I
1: have Luca, Butler, and Bam. Who do you have? I have Steph, Tatum, Draymond and Brown. Yeah, so So you pick you pick two more and then I'll pick two
0: more. Yeah. Um I think this is tough because I think I think Poole's got a lot of talent. Um I don't think Lowry's good enough to pick here at all. Then the Celtics, third guy, I mean I guess if I'm going off of, like, how they're playing right now, I'm willing to win a playoff series today, I think I'm taking Horford here, unless I'm missing someone.
1: So you want you want Horford and Bam as your front court?
0: You know, it doesn't make a lot of sense basketball-wise, but, like, and I don't have a lot of shooting on this team. You know, it's hard to construct a roster right now, but if we're talking about best players, Horford has just been incredible, don't you think?
1: Yeah, he's been great offensively and defensively. Great leader, like we talked about.
0: And then I, I mean I also have another pick, so I didn't have to think about it too much.
1: I mean this is basically this your this is your sixth man.
0: Well I've got four. So this is my fifth right now. You only have four? Yeah. Luca, Butler, Bam, and Horford. Oh, okay. Did I take another? I don't think so. Um and then so I kind of, I mean, I don't have a point guard there, but I have Luca. I think, I mean, I think I'm think i just going to have to go with Jordan Poole here. Okay. And then, I don't know if we're doing six man, but I think that those are my five.
1: Okay, so if, I mean, if I was only taking one here, I think I'd put Draymond as my center. I would put Tatum as my four. I would put Brown as my three.
0: Your team makes a lot more sense basketball wise. Mine's just good on paper.
1: Steph's gonna be my one, and it's. I think I would pick between a combination of either Hero or Brunson. I think I would pick Brunson.
0: Yeah, that's. I was and gonna then, say. Brunson, Clay, and, Hero, or kind of the guy. And more. then
1: I guess my sixth man would be, I think, with that roster, I would need a little bit more defense. Um, so uh, at the guard position, so I would pick probably Marcus Smart. Gotcha. And then I'll probably
0: probably finish it out with Clay, although I don't I don't think he's playing very well at all. I just think he's got that potential to play well in the series. But yeah, so Tyler Hero snubbed. I mean it's really tough. We're picking we're picking, you know, live. Just makes it makes it a lot Peyton harder. Richard snub. No, nah, Peyton Pritchard not stubbed, snubbed, man. <laughs> I mean you could Andrew, argue Andrew Wiggins snubbed. You could argue Andrew Wiggins snubbed. You could probably argue um Lowry, but he's hurt. You know, you could argue that but it, it's tough. We're doing a live draft and I think we both agreed. Max Struz. Go number one. Yeah, Max Struce. <laughs> Probably not yeah. giving some of those uh some of those other guys enough credit. We're missing guys like Finney Smith or something like that, but
1: Yeah, well I'm gonna post it on the uh on the Instagram and we're gonna let the fans decide who had the better team.
0: Oh, you're you're gonna I think you're gonna win that. I don't think mine was uh <laughs> built built for a good team. I, I have a good team on paper, <laughs> but we'll see. Um anyways, yeah. Maybe thought, maybe thought you just,
1: got the fan vote. Maybe you're more popular though.
0: We'll see, we'll see. Come on, fans! You got to pull for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll see about that. And then another thing we wanted to do, kind of similar to that, uh, switching gears to tomorrow. The Blazers have the draft lottery. Um, they have a nine percent chance at number one overall pick, a thirty-seven point two percent chance at a top four pick. Um, that's including number one. So a combined percentage, and then the six pick. If 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 nothing really happens, look at the six pick. Um, unless another team jumps above them, and. We kind of want to do a mock draft. Obviously, we don't just want to speculate about something that's going to be decided by ping pong balls. If, if we get the number one pick, you know, that'll be awesome. But let's let's assume the Blazers do get a top pick. Carson and I are going to give our top five list for, like, fit with the Blazers. Uh, do you want to start off with that?
1: Sure. Um, I feel like our number ones are probably very similar. I would say if I was – if the Blazers got the number one pick – and we're making the first pick. I think I would pick Jabari Smith. Uh,
0: me as well. And then number two for the Blazers, I think, because of the fit, power forward right now for how much more ready he is than Chad, Probably, um, I think I'd go Paulo. I just I watched them both this year yeah, I'm in the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. I watched them both in person, and Paulo was just. They're both great. Paulo was just – he was very impressive in that game. I think he's more NBA ready. I'm not saying I think he'll have a better career, but
1: he's my two. Paulo is also my two. Notice um, how much
0: I had to, like, defend not picking Chet as a Gonzaga guy.
1: Are we going – we're going fits, right?
0: It with the Blazers, yeah. So that's why I think it's Paulo is above Chet probably at this time. And Jabari, Okay. I think we need to power forward more. And I think Chet would be a power forward too, but I think he just –
1: He's he's two years away, I think. Um, I think if we're going fit, I think my third, my third would be Keegan Murray.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, there's been a lot of hype around him lately. Power forward again, so Blazers, we need a power forward. Um, he's a guy who's lengthy. He's big. He's like Paolo. Paolo can play power forward and center. Can Keegan? Do you think?
1: Keegan is a little bit smaller. He's six eight. He, uh, like a guy that you just kind of just recently talked about a little bit, he kind of reminds me a little bit more of a better scorer of Finney Smith a little bit. Gotcha. Can can shoot a lot, um, makes good cuts, very – I wouldn't say great defensively, but he's he's good defensively. Um, and, yeah, he's wide open for three. It's a, it's a knockdown shot, so – something Blazers definitely need from a wing guy.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go, even though I just said, I just talked about why Chet wasn't NBA ready. Most likely I'm going Chet number three because there is that possibility. I'm not going to deny he's got the unicorn possibility and it's possible he's effective this year. He's an unbelievable shot blocker. He's got a good feel for the game. I don't think a lot of people that watch Gonzaga all year, like, yes, he didn't necessarily do a great job in the tournament, but I mean, do you remember the Skip Bayless tweets about how college basketball just ruined Gonzaga because Chet Holmgren got two phantom foul calls at the end of the game? I'm trying to be unbiased here, but I'm sure you saw them. Two phantom calls where he didn't even touch anyone. Um, he was a great defender all year, to, to wrap it back up. He's a very good rim protector, even though he's skinny. He's just scary because he's that big. It's like when Boban gets on the court, not that he's that big, but people just kind of – like, what the heck?
1: Yeah. How are this guy's arms just- so long? And I yeah, think being just- a power
0: forward – Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just it's, – it's, it's yeah, like you said, it's a unicorn similar to kind of when Porzingis came into the league a little bit. Um, but he's a better rim protector than I think Porzingis ever was. So, um, yeah, uh, I definitely think he's going to have to gain some weight. But um, he's definitely somebody that um, has not been seen a lot in the NBA realm and definitely has – I think, like you said last week, he has one of the highest ceilings, but he also has one of the lowest floors Mm -hmm. for being where he's at, right? Like being a top five pick.
0: Yeah, and and just because I think there's a lot of – people think there's a lot of injury potential with how skinny he is, how big he is. Um, one thing that people don't know—I mean, I know you know. Anyone who knows a bit about these guys know, but everyone assumes he's going to be a center, and they say, "How is he going to guard Jokic and Embiid?" But he's—he's he's more of a power forward, and that's what he would be next year. Um, the Blazers took him next to next to Nurk, so that's why that's why I'm giving that pick there. But I, I know you knew that. But you know, a lot of people just talk about him getting pushed around by the bigs. Which yeah,
1: you know. I I don't like if, if putting into my four. Like I don't really. F- See him fitting in, like if I am going fits, like I don't see him fitting in very well in Portland. I think he would fit really well with a, I mean, not. I feel like he'd fit really well with a guy, uh, maybe like a Shea or a Kate Cunningham a little bit better than he would with like a Dame. Um, yeah, that's just she, my opinion.
0: I don't know. The reason um, I like him is he doesn't like need the ball a lot, and obviously Dame's pretty ball dominant is one, two provides a little more of a pick and roll like he can, you know, he can cut to the rim, he can play make a little bit off of that and he can shoot the ball. And then I think it's good next to Nurk. You've pretty much got elite rim protection and length there, especially if you put initial little in and he can shoot the ball a little bit. So like as 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 we know and we've talked about a lot of these things he does like pretty well, but he can do all of it. I I just think that's would be a good power forward if we, he's the highest potential even next year, but Obviously. Yeah, I would
1: say I would say I would say like Chet's probably the fifth option for me. I think mm-hmm. the fourth option is probably um, I'm more into like the wings. I'm probably more into a guy like um, AJ Griffin or, or a guy that I was really high on in Ben Mathurin. Those are yeah. probably the, kind of the guys I'd want a longer guard or guard slash forward that's like six 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 seven um, that can can dribble can play defense, but um, can score as well, can create yeah. his own shot.
0: AJ not AJ not great at creating at creating his own shot and dribbling, but Matherin is for sure. Yeah, um, I think he's a little a little repetitive with
1: Hart, Simons,
0: Willard, just because he's a guard who takes a lot of shots. um But I I do like him. I do like AJ Griffin. He shoots. Great percentage from three.
1: I mean, I really love Ivy. It's just he's too small. He doesn't fit in the Blazers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At all. Like, I mean, yeah. He we just he, can't he, take him. Yeah, he's a guy that could be really good, can create his own shot, has the dog mentality. Um, he reminds me of a little mini John Morant, but he just he just doesn't – He, I just don't see how he could fit into Portland at all. If we keep Simons and we have Willard and it, we just have so many guards, just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no,
0: I I agree. So you do you think? Uh, your list. Give your list one more time. It's Jabari, and then it's Keegan. It's
1: Jabari. It's Jabari Paulo, Ch- Jabari Paulo, Keegan, and I would say probably Mathren, and then uh, Chet. Okay,
0: and mine um, is Jabari, Paulo, Chet, um, and then I go to Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray, and for the last one i don't know the last one's kind of tough i i don't feel strongly about anyone i like the potential of sharp but doesn't really fit in with the blazers just like ivy so uh, i'd probably say aj griffin just because i think he he's a good shooter and he's got potential he athletic maybe not the best putting the ball on the floor but i i like his fit
1: yeah and then i mean i this is all kind of relative of if the blazers were to get one of these top five picks um, I mean, but even mostly, if not, some of these guys yeah. will be
0: available. Because Mathering will be available probably. Murray could be available. Griffin will be available at six. So, I don't know. I
1: mean, I think a guy that fits in really well with Portland is, is Sohan. I, I knew I was about to say. How, how are we going to talk about this without you mentioning Sohan? I mean, he's good at, he fits in perfectly with him. But, um, I mean, this is worst-case scenario if, if the pick falls to, like, nine or ten. So, I mean, I feel like wherever the Blazers are in the draft, if they are going to get someone, I mean, I know there's rumors that this might be involved for maybe a trade with eight. I don't know, but I I don't know, but it's, it's, if it depending on where we're at in the draft, if we're in the top four, if we're at where we're projected at like six or seven, or if we're like at nine and 10, there's, there's someone that fits into where we like, um where we want like a wing or 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 the top talent. Um depending on where where we're at. So I mean I think the draft is definitely gonna help us out now. There's a lot of players there that could help us out now. But um maybe if that pick drops to like nine or ten, you might see it in some deals for a guy like eight who might be on his way out uh in Uh, Phoenix for the series that he played with seemed not to get along with Monty very well at the end. And um, Damien liking some tweets that Aiton might be our new center.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that Dame liking that really makes that big of a deal, but it shows that he'd be on board with it. And I don't know if we'd have to have a top four pick to get that done. Probably not because it's a sign and trade. And I've heard, you know, I don't think Aiton's going to work with the Suns if it's really gotten that ugly. On the court now, it was just off the court, but now it seems like it's on the court as well. So it, it, it went from two weeks ago, me saying, no way, they're going to resign him. Mean, even a week ago, they're going to resign him no matter what. To, I, I don't know. I don't think so, actually. Um, so if we could get Aiden out of this, that'd be incredible. Even if we could just get in from this pick, if it learns, lands in like seven or eight and then trade our 2025 Milwaukee pick for Jeremy Grant. I, I like that. I, I do. I know Anthony Dame. It's kind of weird then who... Who's your small forward, I guess, or power forward? Can you fill that somewhere else? But um, I don't know. I like that. I like Jeremy Grant, DeAndre, and I think Nurk would be gone in this situation. But Lillard, Simons, Little? I'd hope we get someone else. But it's not a bad team.
1: I mean, they might they might trade down the draft too. I don't know. Does Phoenix have a pick? I don't think they do. I Let's see. Phoenix? I don't, I don't oh, think they do. I'm I think okay. Oklahoma City has their pick. Oklahoma City has basically everybody's pick. Phoenix doesn't have – I don't think they have a single pick, actually. Yeah, I think Oklahoma City has, like, eight first-round picks. Um, but, yeah, um, it's going to be very exciting. A lot of what determines uh, the Blazers' off-season is going to come down to Tuesday night before uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. But, yeah, hopefully they can get in the top four. If not, there's still good players in those positions six to ten but um, I would say it's more likely if it's in six to ten it might get traded yeah
0: and like let's not downplay not that we did but this is a huge deal
1: for the Blazers it's huge I like mean actually at, huge like, like, I mean it kind of sucks that the Pelicans the Pelicans got their pick I mean, they didn't get their pick back but we lost their pick um, oh, we
0: would be in such a good spot right now.
1: We would be in such good shape. But, I mean, the last time we were in a position to have just even be in the lottery, like, I mean, the last time we were in the lottery, we got guys like Dame, CJ. I mean, Bires. it's well, – I wasn't getting to put him in there. But, <laughs> um, I mean, we're not in the lottery very often because we make the playoffs every year. So, I mean, and,
0: and guys like Anthony Simons come from late first round, too. Like,
1: picks are Simons, Anthony Simons, uh, Nasir Little, Gary Trent Jr. It's, I Neil mean, drafted well. We have to give him that. No, like, we have a really good,
0: you don't think uh, so, though? Neil drafted well.
1: Yeah, he drafted that. well, but I think a lot of it is development as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I mean, seeing it seems like our development system in Portland is very well, and we haven't had, I I mean, I guess we're getting stars in the rough but we haven't had a top five talent you know opportunity since dame basically so to get one of those guys i think is it's huge um you usually see most of the time i'm gonna say most of the time if you're getting picked in the top five or top three you usually have a pretty good career unless you're a dud and the blazers have had a couple of those most of the time, if you pick picked in the top three, you've pro- you're probably going to have a pretty good career.
0: I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. But, for like, it can happen. But I don't know. If you look back, there's just a lot of times where it doesn't. Yeah. But it, 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 It's hard. I, I get what you mean at the same time. But the guys like Anthony Bennett just, like, had, the fact that that was talking to the number one pick and then, I don't know. But recent history, you know, Kate Cunningham's gonna have a great career. Jalen Green probably gonna be a good career. Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, um and then Josh Getty. Josh Giddy, a lot of those guys. So you're right, but it's just it's really hard to to say that because sometimes it just goes berserk and you get the best player in the draft was Jokic and Giannis and Gobert and things like that.
1: I think the one thing that's gonna be certain is that there's no doubt about it that the Nuggets are gonna draft Nikola Jovich. It's 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 a hundred percent fact.
0: They're gonna have
1: they're gonna have Nikola Jokic and Nikola Jovich on the same team.
0: And I'm Jokic is gonna tell them they
1: have to, and they'll just be like, okay. Yep, it's it's gonna happen. There's no doubt about it. They might trade up. They might trade up five picks to get them. Yeah, I. <laughs> if I was I, if I was to. to bet if Fate. I was to bet on anything in the draft, I would bet that the Nuggets. I don't know if you can or not, but. The Nuggets are going to draft him. There's there's no doubt about it.
0: I'm sure you can. But <laughs> that's funny. I feel like it, it's not going to happen now. now no, it's,
1: it's going to happen. I, I would bet my house on it. <laughs> All right, do it.
0: But uh, no, it, I, this is a big deal for the Blazers. Like, We've seen year after years. Also, I just noticed, I'm looking at a mock draft. They have a guy named Jalen Williams predicted 25th and a guy named Jalen Williams predicted 26th. Different spellings, back-to-back. Um, but, like, if you notice in drafts, if you look every year in the last few years, there is a diamond in the rough after the top ten. It happens all the time. You know, whether it's Jonathan Mitchell, it's Bam Adebayo, it's, like, a Jokic, it's um, Gary Trent Jr., even, to give the lesson an example. You could go on and on and on. OG Ananobi, um, John Collins. It's, there is going to be a guy available when we are picking – that is going to be really good and we just got to hope that we make the right choice
1: yeah i think a guy that in that realm of like i guess not top 10 but a guy like i don't think sohan has star potential but i think he has a great role player incredible defense can guard every position six nine two thirty um He's like I said. He's a mini. He's a. He looks like a mini Dennis Rodman out there. He's going to be incredible defensively. Um, but I guess the guy that maybe in like the late lottery, it seems like it's probably going to be a guy like uh, Abazi from Kansas. It seems like that's the that's the biggest name I would say in that that type of realm that could maybe be um, a star out of that out of that realm. But I think. Most of the stars are, like we talked about, are in the top 10.
0: Yeah, I've seen some people make the argument for Jalen Duran, and I've seen other people just say they don't like him at all. But, uh, yeah, you're right. There could be guys in the second round that are really good. And Blazers have a 36, the 36th pick, likely, and the 59th pick. So, three picks in this draft. Um, I hope we make some deals. I'm, I'm I don't think it. they're going to keep up with Oh, no, there's, there's no way. I, at least if they do, I'll be disappointed. But there's going to be some action for the Blazers. It's going to be an exciting draft. It's been a while. And then we're all going yeah. to get to pray that the draft pick ends up good.
1: Yeah, and there might be some guys that are on the Blazers right now that are under contract that just after draft night just might not be there.
0: So, And it's sad because um, you don't expect it. But, like, Josh Hart's one of those names, even though we all like him and we want to see him next year. He's a guy that could get dealt.
1: Yeah, like let's say let's say the Blazers get fourth pick. Let's say the Blazers get the fourth pick. And let's say like let's say let's say you traded Josh Hart and the fourth pick for the first pick. Would they do it? No, I don't think so.
0: I I think I see him more getting involved in like the Jeremy Grant deal, like the twenty twenty five pick and Josh Hart. Um
1: so you don't for, think if they got like maybe the third pick
0: and and get someone to match howie for the grand deal but uh if they did the first pick no i don't think a team i think moving up from four to one is a big deal and i don't think josh hart's worth
1: that hmm. i don't know i don't know you know you, you don't know what's going on with the general managers yeah players. we don't
0: know at all it's a stressful job um it's you could make up a million scenarios. It almost feels to me like the draft is happening tomorrow, but it's just a lottery, and then we get to think about it. But yeah, I'm excited. You can tell Carson and I are—you know—we're dreaming up scenarios in our head right now. Probably gonna be thinking about it later, even though it's all a bunch of ping pong balls. But a lot can happen for the Blazers. Could be an exciting time. I think the X factor, like you said, we mentioned—like losing that New Orleans pick sucks. But if we can turn that Milwaukee pick into something that's still good, then I'll forget about it for a little bit. If we can turn yeah, that into it. Jeremy Grant.
1: Yeah, but the, the thing is, is, like Milwaukee has Giannis, so it's not going to be the greatest, probably.
0: That's true. It's still a first-round pick, but yeah, you're yeah. right. It would have just been great to have that New Orleans pick, but can't do anything about it now, and I'm happy for CJ. Happy for CJ, happy for Jose Alvarado. Yeah, sure, and his inside-the-NBA segment. Mm-hmm. But um, anything else in the draft? You gonna do do your prayers tonight?
1: Sure, I'll do my prayers. <laughs>
0: um, but I flush ice I, cubes down the toilet.
1: Yeah, but like I said, I mean, I'm I'm I, I mean, of course, I'd be happy if they got the first overall pick. I think Jabari's gonna be the best player in the draft. But I mean, like I said, no matter where they're at, if they keep the pick, there's someone that's gonna help out the Blazers now, and um, we'll play meaningful minutes. I think for the next season.
0: I don't want to look back at this and think about, you know, some guy that gets injured for us with our history. But I think you're right. I think there's going to be someone that helps us, barring injury. And I think it's just exciting to be in the lottery. It's kind of a weird thing to say, but, like, I'm glad we're in the lottery and didn't just come off of uh, blowing a game seven
1: to Luka Doncic after winning 63 games.
0: Yeah. That'd feel cool. worse right now.
1: I'd feel worse. You don't even, You don't got to pick. seems like Aiton's on the way out. There's rumors that maybe Chris Paul's on the way out. Mm-hmm. So and, like, also, the season's more fun, but not not right now. The Suns might have gone from shit to top two back to shit. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's.
0: I really don't know. I mean, I don't think they'll be that bad because Bridges, but and Booker. Yeah, but they had yeah they had Booker before then, but he's he's a much better player now.
1: But yeah, anything else before we go? Um, I I guess one thing we never talked about was is that uh, we got to congratulate Jokic for back to back MVPs. Yeah, that's true. We we didn't talk about that at all. Um, like I, I just, said, I don't I mean, care that much. I guess, but yeah, I mean, one thing as well is like that game seven was so bad between Phoenix and Dallas is that I had a chance to go back and forth with the hockey, and the hockey was really good. I don't know if you watched any of it or not.
0: No, I actually wanted to. I said, I should watch some hockey. I love Game 7s, and I just kind of got distracted. Because
1: there, there was two Game 7s in basketball, and there was also two Game 7s in hockey. Yeah, so it, it got in the way for me. But but the last game was incredible. Um, the game It was like Calgary against Dallas. Calgary is my favorite hockey team, if you want to know a fun fact about me. You've got um, favorite everythings, don't you? Yep, I got a favorite cricket team. I know you're going to say that. No, I'm joking. Favorite, I'm who's your try. favorite chess player? I don't know. I can't say that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who it is. Um, but uh, uh, game seven, overtime, sudden death, um, game-winning shot. Super, super fun to watch that. But, yeah, hockey has been really entertaining to watch. Um. The PGA champion starts up next week for uh, golf. Are you going to go out and, live and pick Tiger? i uh, no,
0: I I don't. I think I only follow the Masters a little bit because my friends talk about it in a group message, but don't know much about that. I'm not gonna not gonna go you're out. Not, you're room.
1: not you're not picking Tiger though.
0: No, he. I mean, <laughs> I don't know anything about golf, but he wasn't near the top. He wasn't near the top of the Masters. He he did qualify for the third and fourth day, but.
1: Yeah, um but uh, that'll be fun this week and then second round of uh the uh the hockey starts up. So, yeah, I mean the basketball's always top of the list for me, but um got some other stuff to watch and um yeah. Um we just got to get that. We'll get get the results tomorrow and uh then the kind of studying and more scenarios kind of starts when we know what pick we're actually getting and um, kind of going from there.
0: Yep. Our brains are just going to be kind of filled up with trades in our head and fake trades in our head and draft scenarios and lineups, you know, we're thinking about it as, as the diehard fans do, but exciting day tomorrow. Hopefully the Blazers, you know, giving all luck to them, get a top four pick knock on wood. Um, but Tune in tomorrow. Tune into the rest of playoffs. And thanks for listening, guys, to another great episode of Rip and Hoops associated with the Row City Hoops Instagram page. Have a great rest of your night.